Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. Good to be with you, everybody. So glad that you could join in with us. And uh, let's see if we can get that music, Jill, because we don't need to be competing with that. But we're doing a live broadcast from the NBA National Conference here in San Diego, California. I'm sitting in the booth of D&H, and we're broadcasting live from the exhibit hall. A lot of people in attendance. Great conference. And uh, it's so good to have Alice Alvey here in San Diego joining me. She's not in the in the uh, booth here with me, but she is here live on the phone as well as we have Joe Farr dialed in from San Diego back home. Glad to home someone staying home and taking care of the Ford, but we're so glad to have you here with us, everybody. Again, this broadcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we are the proud recipient of the Progress and in Lending Innovation Award. Thank you so much to Tony and the group there for honoring us with honoring us with that. A lot to talk about today. We've got on the Hot Topics segment Bill Cosgrove, who's the outgoing chairman of the NBA. We've had him on many times. We're really excited. I caught up with him uh, recently and recorded an interview, and I'll be sharing that with you in the Hot Topics segment. One of the things that really hit a chord with me that Bill shared was his intern program that he has put on and started there at, the pro, at uh, his company. It's very exciting, and I, I, there's many aspects of what he talks about in, in the interview that you're going to enjoy. So be sure to stay tuned all the way through to the Hot Topics segment with a special interview with Bill Cosgrove. Also, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors. We have United Guarantee with us. Uh, they're here at the conference and all around. They've uh, been with us for a number of years. So honored to have them, the number one MI company in the industry. Staying faithful to us and their support. Appreciate it so much. Be sure to check out their website. And for those of you attending the conference, tend get to one of the receptions that they have here, as well as over to the booth. I tell you, one of the most valuable things, this is a people business. It's a relationship business. You maintain your relationships by getting in front of people. So I encourage you to get over to the United Guarantee booth, meet their staff, a great group of people. Look forward to uh, hearing from some of your comments. Also, we have Velma, the virtual electronic marketing assistant that does a great job getting the word out on all our podcasts. Uh, now, this one I challenged them on because I realized I didn't get some of the information. I forgot it with all the traveling and conference stuff, so I don't have got a word out on this broadcast, but we will afterwards. But so I tell you, this group of folks, uh, Brett Emler and his group, Brent Emler and the group, really do an outstanding job of getting your word, your message out. And you can do a set it and leave it campaign, set it, forget it. And uh, no will get out, or you can set up custom programs and they will work with you. Also, a special thank you goes out to our latest new sponsor, Motivity Solutions. They're here at the conference. And, again, one of the things I am so excited about the Motivity Solutions is you have business intelligence tool working for you in that's live, bringing you real lifetime data about what's going on in your business. Can't, how can we run a business without knowing real time what's going on in your business? Check out their booth here at the conference. And a thank you to them for being a sponsor. Of course, we have a part of the broadcast each and every week. We have our good friends, uh, Alice Alvey and Joe Farr, and, uh, and both of them are dialed in and uh, here with us, as I said earlier. It's good to have you with us, everybody. Uh, let's get over and take a look at what's going on in the financial markets. What you got for hey, us, Joe? Well, good pretty quiet day so far. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pretty quiet day so far. We've uh stayed within uh, a pretty narrow range as uh not much economic data came out. What did come out was pretty good for the housing industry. The National Association of Home Builders survey came out. Yeah, and, that uh, sounded it, really it, ten year it, it rose, your notes to the highest level in ten years. I mean, did I read your notes? Right, right. It rose to sixty four and anything above fifty is a positive indicates positive sentiment. Um it stood at just 54 this time last year, so big improvement. And the survey showed uh, just, just strong positive sentiment for both current and future sales activities, uh, and, and you know, pretty positive sentiment uh, across the you know the various regions. So it's a, a a nice 
indication of good things to come, hopefully, for the home building industry. Yeah, well, especially with the housing shortages across so many parts and so many of the markets that it, it really makes sense that they're going in to exploit that opportunity or, or meet that demand for housing that's out there. So that, that's uh, it's not a terrible surprise, but it's good to see it nonetheless. Biggest indicator, one of the bright spots of the economy at home building then. So what else is on there? I don't get a chance to have all the computer screens in front of me, so I don't get a chance to see all the data. Well, so why don't you run through it? Yeah, we'll talk about last week now. Uh, uh, it was a good week last week for mortgage rates. They fell about five basis points. Uh, unfortunately, it was based on uh, generally weaker than expected economic data. The biggest surprise came from retail sales. When you take out the auto, it fell three-tenths when a drop of, of one-tenth was expected. So it was a, a bit of a sh- uh, surprise. Industrial production fell. Both the Empire State Index and the Philly Fed Index fell fell more than expected, and, and the number of job openings in the JOLTS report declined. Uh, Beige Book described the, the economy as you know, growing at, at a modest pace. So none of that was great. Um, none of it was terribly alarming either, though. Uh, good news came from the jobless claims, which fell to uh, 255,000, and consumer sentiment yeah. rose. Uh, the one thing to be... Uh, you know, pay a little attention to is the core CPI rose. Uh, it's been steady at 1.8 for a while. It rose a little bit, just 1.9% on on an annualized basis. But uh, you know that, as everyone knows, is a concern of the Feds, and and that measure is higher than than what the Fed really focuses on. They they focus more on the core PCE, uh, but it does indicate a, a, an increase in inflation. Whereas core PPI, which came out last week, showed a decline, uh, reflecting the the effect of the stronger dollar. So uh, everyone will keep their eyes on uh, on what's going on in the inflation area. Uh, this week, Dave, is a, a pretty light week for economic news. We do have more housing data coming out. The September housing starts will be released tomorrow, and September existing home sales on Thursday. Uh, we're expecting existing home sales to rise uh, to 1.4 million on an annualized basis, up from uh, uh, just over 1.3 million. So, pretty nice increase expected yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the rest of the data includes just the jobless claims that comes out each week, and then we have leading indicators. Both of those are on Thursday. So, that's about it. And while I've got today, I want to find out if you've logged on to our. Mobile. I have Bye. I have it open and running, looking at it right now. This did this this is all new, is it not? Because it looks different. This is it's new. Great, it's an excellent job. I love how it's uh, from those are using iPads and iPhones or any mobile device. This is a great tool. It's excellent. To, so easy to read. The data's right there, and uh, so kudos. Going mobile. Well, thank you. It's a it's a responsive site, so you don't. You know, it'll, it'll recognize the device from which you're logging in and take you to either the mobile site or the desktop site, and yeah. uh, you don't remember remember uh, extra web addresses or and save your username and password, and you can get on with just uh, a tap or two. Well, it is um, it, it truly is one that I'm I'm joined because I always have you on my computer screens, but I haven't. It's been not as dynamic in the past, but now it is. So cool, very good. I like it, like it a lot. Encourage everyone you. that's listening to go check it out, folks. We're going to be right back with Alice Alvey giving us an uh, update on what's going on here at the conference. Get the girl on the street, Alice's perspective, of what's happening here, folks. We're going to be right back after this brief break. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS Quoteland delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect and know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS Quoteline, delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS Quoteline today at MBS mbsquoteline.com mbsquoteline.com 646-716-4972 The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin. Good to have you with us, everybody. We are live from San Diego, California, here at the National MBA Conference. 
And, uh, you know, Alice, I just didn't get a chance to catch up with you enough or I'd have you sitting here in the DNH booth with me broadcasting. I know you have a booth here as well, but it's great to have you on the broadcast dialed in from your hotel room. So what's your what's your feelings about the about this convention, Alice? What's your impressions? Well attended. Yes, well attended, and so far everybody seems very eager to talk about the future. You know, we've gotten over that first bit about trend, <laughs> and I don't think anybody wants to talk about it right now. Can we talk about something else, right? And so, let's, you know, let's focus on <laughs> So lots of great products. I think technology is a big focus. You know, we're rolling out our, I, I keep calling her the princess, so our income analyzer product is just something we've uh, I like that. Yeah, I call her, she's the princess of the of the. Uh, event here, and um, our new product is just something we we're, we have so many appointments booked that we've had to start booking them afterwards. Um, but folks, if you want to hear about it, feel free to reach out to me or anyone else uh, on the Indicom team. Um, our booth is, we do have a booth out there. Um, and I'm, I'm going to have to come up with the booth number in a hurry here. I just drew a blank on that. But anyway, <laughs> the Analyzer product is fabulous. Um, we are scanning tax returns. We are organizing them for you. We are helping you calculate income. And you might say, oh, there's other products out there that do that. But nobody does what we do with actually giving your folks the red flags about underwriting guidelines so the, your processors will know what do I have to make sure I'm doing to make this file more efficient for an underwriter in the conditions I'm going to get um, hit with. What are the red flags to make sure I calculate the income correctly? It's it's really, really robust and saves a lot of time. So um, come on down and see us at the Indicom booth and we're happy to show you a demonstration of that or schedule one that's convenient for you. We also have our Kaizen product that uh, we're starting to talk about with the uh, OCR developments there for really making your audit process more efficient as well. So lots of fun stuff that we're sharing with folks. And I think that's the buzz of the conference, right, It's just trying to get a handle on how technology is going to make our life easier since TRID and compliance made it more expensive. Gina, you know, one of the things um, I'm hearing I, here is it's so it's so funny that you bring up the fact when you bring up the word trid and everyone just rolls their eyes going, It looks like they just completed a marathon with anywhere in Shakeport. <laughs> it is just wild the response you get when you say, So how'd you do a trid? Oh my god, so glad that's behind us. I think we got it. And the word is I think we got it. That always makes me a little nervous, Alice, when I hear that. I think we got it response. Yeah, and I think and I you know, we're really just in the middle of so it's really like a biathlon, right? We got through the running yeah. part, now we still have to do the next phase. I wouldn't get through closings yeah. and maybe the C D will be more two steps, but um yeah, maybe yeah. it is a triathlon, right? So we gotta sell yeah, along too afterwards. That's a great way to <laughs> but, very good metaphor. <laughs> So I want to make sure I also talk to folks about Humda, um, you know, our new four-letter word coming up for 2016 and 2017. We got the final rule finally. <laughs> we have the final rule finally. So I guess in part there's a good news that, 2018 will be our first collection year, and so essentially we've got quite a bit of time to be able to pull together the technology. What I would recommend folks keep an eye on is another date. Um, 27 year, 2017 applications, you're going to have a new disclosure. So there's this kind of sneaker deadline um, in that year, but the data we are now going to have to collect and be subject to in audit and analysis um, this too is something our companies uh, our company does very well. So they're adding all the fields I've talked about with you on previous programs, right? We've got age, credit score, AUS decision, whether it was retail or wholesale, multiple fields on points and fees and rate spread. They're really looking to see that this data brings in new information related to fair lending. And what we see is going to be a challenge is, you know, data overlaps. Is my data right? And always comparing that three-legged stool. So that's something that our software, Kaizen, does very well in our process and our people, right? You can do it yourself internally. We can have a blended model or we can do it for you. And it really will be able to help you live through this humble transition of, what did you have in your system? What did you have on your LAR, your loan application register, and what was actually in the loan file? And, and that's going to, you know, essentially when you look at this data, it's going to double. And there's also new reporting yeah. requirements. It used to be 100 loans. Now it's down to 25 that would trigger that you have to report. So I think some of the community lenders are going to have a, a few challenges here. Uh, so last yeah. we'll report on, in the, you know, going forward about this um, as we 
get a chance to hear more from the software companies on their timelines. And um, yeah. lots, lots to know, so I'll talk about the procedural stuff and all of that on, an, on another broadcast. Um, so well, that's my a, Humda update. Yeah, Humda update. Hum, you're the Humda honey now, so we've got a new nickname <laughs> for you. We've gone from you oh, know, that. I don't, I don't know if I want to be there again. <laughs> I've lived that. We filed a 43,000 loan Humda report. I went, oh, this is crazy, trying oh, to get this stuff right so included. Much. Yeah, well, uh, thank you so much for taking time to dial in, Alice, and being with us. We're very excited to have uh, you join in and take the time. It's always so much fun to run into you here at the conferences, and uh, uh, hope to see you in the halls here yet even some more. Appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got other appointments, so let's go ahead and let you go, and we'll be right back with uh, we've got Matt from DNH. Being with us here on the line, quick man on the street interview, what's going on? We'll be right back after this brief break. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. All right, we we are back here at the conference. I'm so excited to have with me Matt Caesars. He is with the Vice President of Product Development here at DNH. So we're getting a little feedback, so I'm gonna step away just a bit here. But Matt, so good to take have you take a few minutes to join us here in, in the in the booth. Uh it's a great booth that you guys have for doing the broadcast. So what I want to do is get a little insights from you as to what's going on as it relates to all the preparation. I mean, like you may have heard us talking with Alice, nobody wants to talk about TRID anymore. We're now focusing on Humda. But give us from insights from a developer standpoint, what all went in to getting ready for just TRID? I'm not sure everyone understands this. Good to have you with us, Matt. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was uh, quite a comprehensive effort that our development teams went through, all phases of it, from product management all the way to testing our products, developing new regression suites to ensure that we had compliance on a daily basis. And as we released new offerings to the marketplace and iterative releases, we were able to ensure that we were in compliance with the TRID rule. Um, But it was the majority of our development staffs for all of the lending products that were impacted by TRID. We had uh, several people on it for several months, including our legal and compliance team, full in side by side with our development team. So, I uh, I like to call my kids TRID. I have to go back and remember their names now that we've been on it for so long. I'm looking forward to getting on to something else that does not have the letters T, R, I, or D in it in the very near future. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. That's a great response. You have to go back and remember the name of your kids. Let's talk a little bit about what's coming up and some of the exciting developments that are going on within DNH. You guys are one of the software solution leaders in the industry, and I'd like to get, give our listeners some insights as to some of the things that are on the map and what is it you were excited about as a result of being here at the conference, so some of the things that you guys are talking about here in the booth and beyond. Well, we're getting. I got to also tell you, we've got Matt. He's in product development, you know, so he's not on the marketing side. So we always give him a little slack when it comes to this kind of stuff. <laughs> Matt, sure. So it's been really exciting meeting with some of our third-party vendors and understanding what they have coming. Um, working with all of the DNH lending products now for about a year. Been with DNH for about five and a half years, so it's been exciting to see what the different products have to offer and. We have a real concentrated effort on trying to leverage the different strengths of these projects, products to create a real powerful offering. We want to really be the best and top provider of any lending solution within the mortgage industry. I think we have a lot of potential in that regard. Um, we have a lot of smart people working on how to make these products work together better. And now that we're, well, there's always going to be compliance, right? We've talked a little bit about Humda and UCD, ULDB are coming along as well, but I know that the product development teams are incredibly excited to start working on things that are innovative and bringing real value to our clients. So do they, are they having trouble remembering the names of their kids because they've been working so many hours <laughs> getting ready for this? Not only the names, but how many they have, too. So it's, uh, 
It's been great getting back to it. Hopefully they don't come home and find out they have more kids than they realize. That's like going <laughs> off into service of the military. This has been like a major all-out event. Uh, Matt, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to stop in. We pulled him out of the out of the group and gave him zero notice and stuck him in front of the radio. And to do this with zero for preparation is nothing less than uh, uh, impressive. So, Matt, thanks so much for letting me be in the booth here doing a live broadcast. Honored to have you guys in the relationship we have and enjoy it with you all. And I uh, wish you continued success uh, in the new year. D&H is a leading company, and it's guys like you that make it such. So good to have you here. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate being here. You bet. Well, we're going to look at what's coming up and the, the different things that we have to talk about. We've got Phil Cosgrove we're going to play an interview with in just a minute. But, um, and Joe, I want to go back to you just briefly, if you wouldn't mind. Um, when you sit and look at some of the headlines that are going on out there, Paul Mollick couldn't join us. He is so busy with all the headlines that are being, uh, with all the announcements, staying up from the headlines that's going on there. But are you seeing anything in any of the news items out there that that are coming up as announcements from the conference? Um, yeah, well, the thing that strikes me is the deal that Quicken is uh, working on with, with Freddie Mac, uh, a very low down payment uh, mortgage that, uh, you know, my guess is it's being worked on with Freddie Mac as a way to get not have to do business with Jenny May, given the, the relationship that Quicken has with Jenny May right now. But uh, uh, that that sounds like an interesting uh, uh, way to get to the first time home buyers and and to expand, uh, uh, you know, mortgage availability. And there's no question there's there's been more talk here about how do we adjust our business processes to be prepared for the millennials when they finally start showing up in a big way. And we're seeing household formations, as you talked about, as we had, I think, Mark Fleming last week talked about household formations are increasing. And as a result, we're seeing a surge, uh, well, not a surge, we call it a surge, but an increase in the number of first-time home buyers and uh uh, it, it's encouraging. So it's getting ready, and I think that's one of the things that I'm hearing that's being talked a lot about at the conference is uh, what are you doing, uh, and it's like conversations are going on in the hall, what are you doing to get ready for the millennials when, in this next wave? What, How are you changing your business processes? So a lot of that's some of the buzz that's going on. You had a chance to sit down with Doug Duncan uh, yesterday and visit with him some as well as uh, Les Parker over at Lone Logics, and a lot of talk about the topic of where is the industry going? We all look at the number of gray hairs walking around this building, and that's for certain one of the things that's got to change. We've got to attract young blood into this industry, new young people to get them in and excited about this industry and all that's going on in this industry uh, with the housing crisis, how you know, much of the issues of the last housing or the economic downturn was laid at the feet of the mortgage lending industry because of the housing finance system we had or some of the products that were in the, in the mix. So it's, you know, we're, we're, we're challenged. And Bill Cosgrove talks about this in his interview that I'm going to play here in just a few minutes. So, uh, Joe, I know you've got some things going on, and I just want to say thank you for dialing in. It's good to have you be here with us. Um, so any other party comments before you take off? And then I played the interview with uh, uh, Bill Cosgrove. I just uh, a quick market update. We're now up four thirty seconds, uh, which is the highest it's been today. And uh, you know, any more movement, some some people may be considering a favorable price change. Well, that's interesting. That'd be good news from the conference. There's been a number of conferences where I've been at where we've seen the market move dramatically, and you see all the secondary people disappear from the conference uh-huh. where they scramble to look at where their <laughs> positions are at. Joe, thanks so much for taking time to be with you us. Bet. We're going to be right. We're going to be right back here uh, with uh, for this brief break to uh, listen to an interview with Bill Cosgrove. Folks, we'll be right back after this brief break. Mortgage Banking Solutions is the preeminent management consulting firm to the residential mortgage lending industry. No other firm in the U.S. offers the menu of services or the level of expertise to the industry. If you're looking for help converting from best efforts to hedging or need help with bookkeeping to know your profit per loan, if you are interested in making the transition from broker to banker, or if you just need a roadmap for success, Mortgage Banking Solutions' primary focus is to enable executives to take their business to the next level and guide them down a path towards success and profitability. With over 300 
combined years of experience in all facets of mortgage lending, the Mortgage Banking Solutions team of professionals has the expertise and know-how to help you accomplish your goals. New Warehouse Lines of Credit, broker-to-banker transitions, transitioning to hedging, financial and accounting services, or meeting your capitalization needs. If you need help with these or any other aspects of your business, please contact a Mortgage Banking Solutions sales team to see how we can help you at 512-977-9900. It's 512-977-9900. Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. All right, we are here live again at the National MBA Conference, and uh, I recently did some speaking with Bill Cosgrove at another conference just recently. We had it just a few weeks ago, and I had a chance to sit down with him and interview him, and I interviewed him talking about his last year, this legacy he's leaving as he exits uh, being the chairman of the uh, Mortgage Bankers Association, which has just done an outstanding job, and also... Uh, kudos and shout out to Jamie Kors for what uh, Mark Morpak, the uh, uh, political action committee. She has done a fabulous job. It's, I think under her leadership, along with Bill's, it's the largest amount of money they've raised for uh, Morpak. So it's very good. Kudos to Jamie Kors on the job she has done. So without further ado, let me play the interview that I recorded recently with Bill Cosgrove. And uh, listen particularly to the part when he talks about how he's developed an intern program. I really drilled into that a little bit with him, and uh, I hope you enjoy this interview. I recently had the privilege of sitting down with Bill Cosgrove, the outgoing chairman of the NBA, and had a chance to conduct the following interview. Bill, thanks so much for being here and spending a few minutes with me. David, great to always catch up with you. Happy to be here. I always love having you on the broadcast and getting a chance to talk about some of the things that are really important to you. I want to talk a little bit about this last year that you've had with the NBA as the NBA. And first of all, how, how has it been? I mean, that's got to be just a, an all-consuming kind of uh, engagement. Yeah, it, it, it keeps you running. Being chairman of NBA keeps you running. It, uh, you know, NBA is in demand, and that's a good thing. And uh, but but it does keep you running. And uh, I've been busier than than I ever expected. Uh, but it's it's the service has been fantastic. The opportunity. Is has been wonderful, and I'm I'm grateful to have the experience. I want to talk about your legacy, what you've accomplished while you're there. I wanted to uh, I wanted to bring notice to the first time home buyer, and uh, I think we accomplished that. And if you look at the uh, the trade magazine, the publications, the media, uh, there was a lot of attention brought to the first time home buyer, and making sure that that the first time home buyer comes back to the market. So I think we accomplished that and, and, and brought some awareness there, and the numbers are starting to trend upward. we got a long way to go to get back to normal, but uh, I think we made a lot of progress on that sense. Um, another area I think we made progress is student debt and, and the cost of higher education. Two years ago, uh, you, you couldn't pick up the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. There, there wasn't a a show on TV that talked about uh, the cost of higher education and how it's it's really hurting uh, young people today and hurting their ability to get off to a great start uh, is in financial in the financial world as adults and home ownership and today you you pick up the Wall Street Journal and there's articles on on the outlandish cost of higher education even the New York Times that generally wouldn't, you know, buck the establishment, so to speak. They're questioning uh, the rising cost of higher education. President of the United States is is looking at it and and having the conversation about you know putting together uh, the, the the you know the little lists and the measurements of of the effectiveness of a degree. And so I think we're, we we've started that conversation. That's good. I've got two kids in college, that. and I think I look at the cost of what we're shucking out <laughs> per year, and it's like, my gosh, I got I need. It's outrageous. It's uh, it is crazy. So talk a little bit about that. Talking about the NBA is behind this, and you, the NBA is addressing the student debt issue. And short of forgiving student loan debt forgiveness, what are what are some of the solutions out there that are practical? that uh, the MBA is advocating? Well, we're clearly not for forgiveness, uh, debt forgiveness. That, that would be irresponsible. But there, there needs to be awareness and accountability uh, of, of the cost of higher education. And, you know, I believe that, that for decades uh, they've had a, a ticket to increase costs at will. There, there gets to be a tipping point, and I think that we're at that tipping point 
where the student debt is so high uh, that when, when a young person comes out uh, and gets their degree, they're not in a position to purchase a home. And, you know, that tipping point's happened maybe in the last decade. Prior to that, if you took normal wages um, up against the, the student debt uh, that a new graduate would have, they still had the ability to enter home ownership at a relative, at, at earlier rate. at an earlier rate, yeah. at earlier age, and in today, I think we are at that tipping point where that college graduate has so much debt that home ownership cannot happen within a reasonable amount of time. And when that happens, now you know, as mortgage bankers, we've got to stand up and say, you know, th- this is a problem. Uh, you know, Washington and America needs to look look at ourselves in the mirror. And we need to fix this. So what are some of the fixes that you see and the MBA sees to really address this? Is it the government paying for more of this? Is that where the MBA, or the MBA is at? Or do we actually try to reduce no. costs? Or do we go to the university and say, you've got to find a cut cost. We in the free enterprise are always having a – you run a mortgage company. One cut, of the number right? one things is either increasing revenue or cutting costs. At you some got point it. in time, you can't increase revenue, you which got they've it. been doing and not be responsible. In the well, I, th- I think you, there, there's the answer. So, so the universities need to become more accountable, more efficient. Uh, I, I think the, the uh, two-year universities need to have more support. Uh, there, there are uh, cheaper ways to get a great education. Uh, it's it's really a, a, about accountability and financial and fiscal accountability for the universities, and, and that's really where MBA is uh, is taking the discussion. Let's go back to some of the things that you've accomplished. Go back to some of the things that you're really proud of. Well, I'll tell you, it it's funny when you say me because I think no 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 single person at MBA uh, accomplishes anything. It's really it's really a team effort. So. You know, with that being said, one area that I feel real good about is is our relationship with the state organizations. There was a time in MBA uh, back a decade, maybe 15 years ago, where at times we we got off the track. Of, You're talking of about this each of the local the state, state MBAs. You got it. Excellent. All, all yeah. the state MBAs. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> and although there isn't there isn't a direct affiliation, there's an indirect affiliation. And today. Uh, one of the, the most rewarding parts of, of serving as chairman of MBA is being able to go to the states, meet with them, speak to them, be keynote speaker, and, and really get their feedback on the support they get from MBA and how they feel about that support. And it's really been off the charts. You have done a lot in that area. And what's really brought that about, in my opinion, is your willingness to get on an airplane fly out and be the keynote at these, speak- at these events, but that has come at a cost. You are an independent mortgage banker. I know how much time goes into this bill. How have you been able to do this? Well, I've got, I've got great people at, at Union Home Mortgage, so I wanted to, as, as prior, prior president of the Ohio Mortgage Bankers, I have a tremendous passion for the state associations, and, and I think future leaders of MBA really need to come uh, from the state organizations, and I, I'd, I'd like to see it's happening. It's happened right. in the past. I'd like to see more of that happen. So I think my service to MBA is I had the opportunity to serve as MORPAC chairman, uh, and then uh, as an officer, and then here this year is chairman of MBA. What it's done is it's forced me to look at at Union Home, our company, almost on a larger scale than it is today. We're going to do uh, over 1.5 billion, close to 2 billion. So we're not small, uh, but there's many companies larger than us. But you know, other people, to to your point, David, about how do you take the time uh, to do this? uh, I look at it in in to me the the opportunity to serve at this level comes uh, to very few. And and when you're lucky enough to be chosen, uh, I, I think you step up. And you you serve at the highest level, and there's so much reward to it. And actually, it's benefited Union Home. Um, some, that. It, that, it really has good. because it it it's it's made me view Union Home not that that I could do everything or have to do everything. Right. So we've had to hire. Uh, different senior executives that maybe the size of the company three years ago wouldn't have dictated it, 
but yet the service dictated it, and today we're better for it, and we're bigger for it. So actually, in a direct way, it's actually paid off for the business of the company for me to serve. I never, three years ago, I didn't see it then, uh, but but today is is my chairmanship. And uh, Union Home has clearly benefited. I'm a better executive, I believe, uh, and better leader than I was three years ago with the training from MBA, uh, seeing issues from all sides. So, you know, I didn't accept the the role of an officer of MBA as chairman because I felt it would help our business. In actuality, it's helped, it's helped it much more than I ever expected because it actually had, has made our business mature at a faster pace than, than the numbers say it should have. I want to dive in a little bit. You've, it's mature. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think it's exciting. Here's the reason I want to do it. There's a lot of people listening to this broadcast that are listening to this interview right now, and they go, you know what, I think I'd like to get involved. I, I, but I just don't know how to do that. What's the path to do that? What did you do in advance? How far in advance did you start preparing yourself for this path? Well, for me, back in uh, 2006 and seven, I was president of the Ohio Mortgage Bankers. Right. So I had a taste of what industry leadership service to the industry was then. Right. So, so that had its training wheels on, on how is that important? Do you think that's important? Should someone go and start at the state level, look to get to be president of that? Is that necessary? Or? Well, it's not. It's not necessary, and it's you know, it's not really a career path. It's service, right? It's a service path. So yeah. you really, you know, so you really have to go with what's in your heart, right? Service, service starts, I believe, from the heart. Right. Uh, right. Even even though we're in business, service to anything, uh, whether it's your industry or or personal, or charity, whatever it is. Service starts at the heart, I believe. So you really have to go where your heart is. For me, my heart started at the state organization uh, when, I, when I really saw the magic of what an association can do for our business. Um, so that's when, that's when the, the, the spark was ignited at the Ohio MBA. For me, and and then from there, a dear friend of mine uh, to this day, Marianne Collins. Oh yeah, Marianne. Uh, Marianne's wonderful. Well, great you, state associate great, director. Great, great state state director. Prior Morpac chairman, when I was president, um, asked me to to get on MBA's uh, Morpac committee, and I said absolutely. So that was my first exposure great. to great MBA. Yeah, I was. You know, I went to conferences for 20 years, um, but was never sort of on the field. And so then I was on I was on the uh, the MORPAC committee. Really enjoyed that. And then I had the opportunity from from uh, David Kittle when David Kittle was chairman, another dear friend of mine, to be MORPAC chairman. So when you're MORPAC chairman, you're on the road a lot and you're raising funds. And so that was the first time that I really had to um, uh, to put in more time. I was away from our company, and then I saw the need that I needed to bring in uh, more executive talent at the company if I was going to continue on the path of industry service. So really the first baby step, David, was the Ohio Mortgage Bankers. The second, uh, which was not a baby step, but a big step, because it's a big job that, that Jamie Kors has today. Yeah. He's doing a wonderful She's job as Morpac chairman. Yeah. yeah, she is. And uh, that's a big job. And then from there, I had to step up to being an officer. So, so there was a 10-year period there uh, where my industry service, um, you know, kept going deeper uh, into industry service, and the company evolved to be able to handle that and prosper ultimately um, due to that service. Because now we've got we've got a tremendous uh, group of executives at the company doing a wonderful job. And, and I believe we're on, our, uh, on the path to a $5 billion company. And, and I don't know if I would have made the same decisions. Uh, it, 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 right. If I didn't, if I didn't have uh, you know, one foot out the door the last three years of industry service. So it, it's funny how things work. I, I think our company has really benefited from the industry service. And uh, it's, it's really been an incredible honor and experience. And I would tell you, anyone... Uh, any leader of our organ, uh, of our industry, any leader uh, of a company, when, when they say, "Well, I don't know if I have the time," you do have the time. Challenge yourself. Challenge your business. Make the time. You'll be better off. The industry will be better off, and your company will be better off too. 
Uh, and I, I truly believe that that's the case. Let's shift over to talking about independent mortgage bankers. You are one. I am. We're looking at the shift of the market share going towards your favor. Mm -hmm. uh, we've watched that ebb and flow at different times. Mm -hmm. We have the upcoming independent mortgage banking conference right. in December. Talk about what you see as the trends. Well, there's there's no doubt the trend is continuing uh, to IMBs. I, I must say some of that trend is for the wrong reasons. Explain so, that. Well, uh, I think some of the large banks... Uh, some of the mid-size that are backing off of mortgage lending, the Basel Accord yep. is 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 the cost of capital is really hurting their ability um, and their decision making to be in the mortgage business, and, and that's that's not good for the industry. It's not good for America. It's not good for housing. I think some of the actions from the Department of Justice going after the large and, and mid-size lenders is. In, in some of them have have great track records in the business is troubling right so so i think some of the some of the growth of the imbs is is for the wrong reasons and and that part i don't like uh and, and that part's not right and we need to do something about that as an industry with with that being said yeah, you see the maturation of the IMB. So we're grown up now. In order to uh, prosper, you have to have grown up uh, leadership and executive team. You have to have a grown up uh, compliance machine. You have to be uh, profitable uh, for net worth requirements. So there's no doubt consolidation will continue. But in, in today's world, uh, it's unfortunate that the, the mom-and-pop organization, so to speak, that term, is is going by the wayside. Right. That seems and, to be and, evident. And there's no denying that. And right. there's there there's something lost there uh, because there's so many small organizations uh, that take great care of the customer, great care of their communities. And there's something lost there. And we shouldn't forget that. Uh, but as IMBs, we're becoming mature in the marketplace and mature mortgage bankers, and that's good for the industry. I think it's it's good for consumers and housing in America. When you look at someone wanting to get into the business, I, I have a passion for the small guy, the startups. There are some that are going to be able to start. To say that the ability to start a new mom and pop and grow it is uh, gone, I don't think that's accurate, but it's certainly more challenging. It's more challenging. And I think to recognize the challenge and the, the steep hill that they have to climb, talk to that, that listener who's contemplating, you know, going out of broker stash, becoming a banker, or growing, starting a de novo and really getting mm -hmm. into it. What are the requirements to do that successful journey this, this day from your perspective? You, you started how many years ago? You know, yeah, we, we started. I purchased my, in the company in, uh, in 99, but I started in the mortgage business in 1986. Yeah. So I've been in it almost 30 years. Today, you need executives with experience with compliance, with deep knowledge of, of FHA and HUD, deep knowledge of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and Ginnie Mae. Uh, you need executives with deep knowledge of, of state law and deep knowledge of risk, um, understanding what's a loan and what's not. So you can do it, right? It takes a lot more capital than it used to. But it can still be done. It can be done. It, it, could, it could be done, uh, but, but... But it is daunting. But it's very daunting, and very few are doing it um, because when you look at the risk-reward, you know, the risk is high. Yeah. The risk is high. And as an industry, uh, that, that should trouble all of us. It should. It should. You know what I'm excited about yeah. is this year we had, and this, this is not a big number, but it's an exciting number because for the first 27 years of my career, the number was zero. Mm -hmm. um, this summer... We had 23 interns at our company. Next summer, we're going for 46, and we hired, these are, these are young people out of college, we hired six of them. And next year, so for the first time in, in my career, we're actually bringing in um, new, new you know, young people to financial services. And now I, I think it's, it's starting to turn the corner where, where the stigma of the last seven, eight years of, of gosh, you, you know, you're not, my, my, my kid, my child's not going to get in financial services. I think that's, you know, with the housing recovery, uh, with the mortgage recovery, that's starting to change. And I'm, I'm excited. I'll tell anybody, any of your listeners, if you want to get excited, have 10, 20, 30, depending on the size of your organization, bring in these young people for internships, uh, put your heart and soul into it. 
and you'll you'll love it. How does the internship work at your company? I would hire two people that have graduated from college in the last five years to seven years okay. uh, that have an HR background uh, is is part of their you know part of their education, and plug into two or three local schools uh, to your company headquarters. And just set a goal is this is how many we're going to bring so on. So you hire two people that are just setting up and managing this internship. Absolutely. So they're going into the schools and getting them while they're still in school to come in and turn with you. Are you looking just for finance majors? Yeah, <laughs> we said, you know, we wanted we wanted three or four college kids in uh, IT. We wanted three or four in marketing. Good. Uh, you did do a cross-section. Yeah, we wanted, we wanted two in accounting. Uh, we wanted to put one in secondary. So you're it's, not just doing an internship for loan origination. Oh no, this is across all the across departments. Across the board, across Excellent. all the departments, and then and then obviously each each department sets up a curriculum, and and even the departments that that maybe that first year is kicking and screaming. After they interact with that young person and they see the excitement of of that person, uh, that young person coming to work every day with a smile and just just soaking it all in. Uh, it, it, it's infectious. Oh, it's been it's fantastic, yeah. and I. So how long I is love the internship? It. it goes about two and a half months. And how many people have come to you, and you've hired? Did you say out of the program? This past now? year, we did uh, twenty-three. Uh, we hired six of them. Next year, we're going to do forty-six. We think we're going to hire about fifteen. Uh, from there, for the first time in fifteen years, the average age of our of our companies went down one year. Uh, and, wow. and, and, you know, hey, we all, as an industry, we have to figure out, you know, we cannot, many of our industry, we haven't figured out how to bring in um, new people into our industry. We hadn't figured that out for 20 years. Well, now we have the ability to do it, uh, and I think we have a story to tell, and housing is picking up. Uh, people's feelings about our industry are changing uh, for the better. Yes. And these young people are excited about a, uh, a career in mortgage banking again, and that uh, that's fantastic. I love the thing that Jeff Schumermer started this year by the classes to bring people yes. in. That was really a great yeah, job. Yeah, Jeff's doing Jeff. a great job. MBA's doing a great job supporting this. Yes. MBA had its diversity, second diversity yes. conference, uh, which is really you know one leg of the stool uh, of bringing young people into our industry. Uh, last thing I'll tell you about this, and, and David, you'll love this. These kids, what they did, all 23 of them did a video for us really? uh, to end to end the year, and they talked about you know their experience they had at our company. And now what we have is we have we have ambassadors going back to school at these universities, talking about what a cool internship they had at our company. We posted these videos. We're having a ball with it. Could you and share that video? Absolutely, I'd love to. Send me a link so I will I do that. Deal. 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 We're having I, a ball with I, it. I totally support that. Let's talk a little bit about going back to the MBA and some of the things that I think there's some misnomers out there that I would like to have you speak to. Sure. There's a lot of people that say in the MBA, you know, the MBA is really for the top, top echelon. Five banks run the whole thing. You speak to that because that is... That's not an accurate picture. No, it, it couldn't be further from the truth. So if you look at our board of directors, we are uh, represented by the large, the midsize, and the small lenders. Uh, we're, we're represented by lenders of all shapes and sizes. And it could not be further from the truth. And anyone or any entity that would put that notion forward, they're doing it for the wrong reason. There could be some business motive on their part, uh, but I'm here to tell everybody with my service over the years of MBA, and I have been on the field uh, with MBA for the past seven or eight years, uh, and Dave Stevens, uh, more than anybody, has a passion uh, for the small and the mid-sized lenders, but Dave is smart enough to know that in order for us to advocate um, for the entire industry, you have to have the big guys at the table. You've got to have them at the table because we, we, we have to know when we agree and we have to know when we disagree, but we all have to leave the table together as one. Uh, right? One voice, one, one voice, One industry. And, and Dave Stevens and his leadership has, has brought that together. So uh, I, I think every... All of my service to the industry, uh, if MBA was, was just for the big guys, 
I, I wouldn't have given my heart and soul for the past decade uh, to MBA and advocate uh, not only for the big guys, but advocate for, for the, the independent mortgage banker like I have and the small independent mortgage banker. So um, I could look in the eye and tell you that, you know, especially with Dave Stevens' leadership, uh, MBA truly is there representing everybody, all of our business models every day. The, the, the chairman of the Mortgage Bankers Association has a business that's $1.5 billion in London. And that's Great me comment. sitting here. That's you, yeah. And I am a, I'm a small, mid-sized mortgage banker. And every day, the board of MBA, the staff of MBA, Dave Stevens, the passion for our issues is as great as it is for any other issue of any other business model. And the, the work and the results speak for themselves. Uh, who's coming in as the new president? Bill Emerson. Ah, I love Bill. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to do a wonderful job. He, yeah, he has got energy like yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quicken's got a great model. and uh, He's a great leader. Guy. Great man, yeah. great leader. And I love what Gilbert's done for downtown. Yeah. I was just in Detroit, stayed at the Detroit Athletic Club uh, working with Tim Ross and company there and it was just I, I was yeah. so impressed what's going on in the inner city you know Bill, Bill's the perfect next leader for yeah. MBA because he he represents a large organization but he has the heart uh, and and the business model of an independent mortgage banker right. so he, he really is the, the full package and, and he's going to do a great job so what advice do you have for him as he's coming in I'm sure. you, you know you have to be true to yourself right. um, you, you have to, to remember keep your feet on the ground and and just use your God-given judgment of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. The second thing is is know that that when you speak, um, you don't speak selfishly. You speak for the whole. Yeah. You speak for the whole industry. And we have tremendous debates inside MBA, great debates. And but with those great debates, uh, the end of those debates, we're on the same page with with one voice, one strong voice, for real estate finance. I thank you so much for taking some time here and uh, continued success. And uh, thank you you for what you've done for us this last year. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. Again, we've had as our special guest Bill Cosgrove, the outgoing chairman of the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to having you back here next week. Again, this broadcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we're pleased that you make this a part of your day. Again, special thank you to our sponsors, United Guarantee, Velma, as well as our newest sponsor, Motivity Solutions. Have a blessed day and look forward to seeing you back here next week. Be sure to tell your friends about us. Thank you. Have a great rest of the week. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week and thank you for listening. 